Welcome to the ASHP official podcast, your guide to issues related to medication use, public health, and the profession of pharmacy. Hello, everyone. Thank you for joining us for the Pediatric Section Advisory Group podcast. My name is Kimmy Johnstone, and I'm a PGY2 resident at St. Louis Children's Hospital, and I will be today's moderator. Today, we will be discussing resources and clinical practice tips for how to navigate catch-up pediatric immunizations during the COVID-19 pandemic. Today, we have Dr. Leah Island, PharmD, and she is board certified in both pharmacotherapy and pediatrics and is a fellow of both ASHP and PPA, who is a clinical professor and associate department head of pharmacy practice at Auburn University Harrison School of Pharmacy, and Sonia Sebastian, PharmD, board certified in ambulatory care who is the Pharmacy Clinical Coordinator of Ambulatory Services at Nationwide Children's Hospital. Thank you both so much for joining us today. So my first question will be for Leah. So Leah, can you help us kind of better understand the different CDC charts available for immunization schedules and um, just kind of give us a little bit more background on the CDC charts? Hi, Kimmy. Thanks for having us on the podcast today. And sure, I'll be happy to explain these charts. There are several charts and it's important to know how to interpret them and where they come from. The charts are developed by the CDC's Advisory Committee on Immunization Practices or ACIP as many of us refer to them as. This committee actually decides vaccine recommendations for the US population. The CDC director then reviews and adopts the recommendations and they become official CDC HHS recommendations once published in the MMWR. The ACIP actually meets traditionally three times a year to discuss recommendations for pediatrics and adults. However, they've been a little busier this year in the pandemic. Annually, ACIP releases their immunization schedules, or as we call them, the charts, in early February for child, adolescents, and adults. There are three charts for the child and adolescents. The first is by age, and it is for age range from birth to 18 years of age. There's one for a catch-up schedule, and this is for any um, child or adolescent who starts a immunization series late or is behind by one month or more. And the third chart is actually one chart by a medical condition. So here we look at a variety of medical conditions such as asplenia, cochlear implants, diabetes, HIV, pregnancy, and it will tell us what immunizations are needed for that patient. Now, in each of the age chart and the medical condition chart, we have color-coded bars. These bars actually tell us, the provider, what recommendation the ACIP has for that specific vaccine. So is it recommended or only recommended in a high-risk patient, or is it really a shared decision-making between the patient and provider, or if it's not recommended at all in that patient population based on age or medical condition. I also want to point out, though, that there is a note section after the age chart and the medical condition chart. This is very informative and it helps you as a provider determine if a patient should receive a vaccine. For example, if you're wondering if a patient is high risk or not, the note sections will help you with that. 
For the adult population, there are two charts and their age range is 19 and older. So the two charts are one based on age and two based on indication. This may be a medical indication such as the ones I described earlier, or um, it may be based on you're a healthcare professional or another activity. So what's important about these charts is to utilize them. And it's always important to think about assessing our patients' immunization status, whether they're in the inpatient or outpatient setting. Every interaction is an opportunity to ensure a patient is up to date with their immunizations. Thank you so much for teaching us about the different charts. So, Sonia, can you explain how you apply these charts in your practice? Absolutely. Thanks, Kimmy. So I do work in a pediatric practice, and um, most of us, when we think about pediatrics, like to just focus on our um, child and adolescent schedule. But I think what's really important is that we remember in most pediatric practices, we see patients through maybe 21 or 22. Therefore, there's a small population that we really need to make sure that we're looking at an adult part two. A very common circumstance in our pediatric practice is for those patients 19 years of age and older with a smoking history or habit. And those patients need to get vaccinated with the um, PPSV23 or pneumococcal polysaccharide vaccine to help protect them. So it just goes to show that it's really important to know both vaccine schedules because even in a strictly pediatric population or setting, we often are treating adults too. Thank you so much for sharing that tidbit about your practice. So I know with the COVID-19 pandemic, it seems like um, a lot of our pediatric patients are suffering from uh, missing routine immunization. So Sonia, can you please explain how you apply the ketchup immunization in your clinical practice? Absolutely. So as we all know, during the pandemic, uh, many people have chosen to not come just out of peer protection or um, multiple other reasons. There's also multiple other reasons outside of a pandemic where kids often fall behind on vaccines. I think what's really important to note is the vaccine catch-up schedule in our charts is one that is extremely complex. And with that, it very much requires the provider to look at the ages in which the patients received their last dose of each vaccine and calculate how many doses to know, again, how many further doses are needed. Um, whenever we look and use that schedule, it's always very important to realize that each column assumes that that one dose has already been given. I think another very important thing about catching a patient up on a vaccine schedule is making sure that we have a complete record first. So I think it's um, up to each provider's due diligence to check resources. Have we consulted with the previous provider? Have we asked school for immunization um, schedules or immunization charts for patients? And multiple states have state registries. I think it's extremely important for the patient to make sure that we have a complete immunization history prior to just catching everyone up. Lastly, 
How we do this at our practice is anytime a patient walks through our door, it's a vaccine opportunity for us. We don't wait for just well child checks to do vaccines. We do them at any time they're present in clinic. Thanks so much for sharing about the application of the catch-up immunization chart. Leah, can you share a little bit about how this applies to your practice? Absolutely. So in the inpatient setting, I also took that as an opportunity when a patient comes in, evaluate their immunization status. So if it's even just, it's the basics from if it's flu season, are we giving our flu vaccine to, do we have a two month, four month old, or do we have a six year old? And are they up to date with their vaccinations? Our institution doesn't keep live vaccines stocked, but we keep our inactive vaccines. So we can definitely give the majority of our vaccines if a patient is behind or um, needing to catch up as well. And, and maybe they aren't getting to their primary care provider. Um, of course, we're going to recommend that. And we do want to definitely keep records and send them home. If we do give a vaccine, send them home with an immunization card that designates what we did provide in that inpatient setting. In the outpatient setting, very similar as well in AmCare. Always looking at our patients, no matter what they're coming in for. Their immunization status is important to evaluate. When we look at our patients, we also have to evaluate our risk versus benefits. Um, we're always educating caregivers on myths of vaccine and vaccine administration. And we also have to educate ourselves for changes and recommendations from the ACIP. For example, initially, the COVID vaccines were to be administered alone and have a two-week um, vaccine-free period before and after, unless risk versus benefit came about or benefit versus risk came about. And um, for example, maybe you stepped on a nail, we do need to give you our tetanus shot or a Tdap shot. But um, in May, this two-week time frame was removed. And now the COVID vaccine can be administered at any time in relation to other vaccines. It is important to still follow the guidelines recommended for administering vaccines sim simultaneously, such as each injection, um, needs to be given, but at a different injection site. Thank you so much for sharing. So there's a lot of information available out there about vaccinations and catch-up resources. So can we kind of first discuss some of the websites that you like to use in your practice um, to help addition, as additional resources outside of the CDC charts? Yes. Yes, there definitely are several websites. So first of all, the CDC website um, has all of our immunization schedules on it. You can go to the website, download them as a PDF in color or a black and white version, as well as their parent-friendly versions too. So if you're trying to explain it to a family member and you may need to use one of these charts, you definitely can find them there. Also, the CDC just has general vaccine information provided. Um, and there and under each vaccine, it'll also link to the MMWR. So if you're looking for the really the details, what was approved by ACIP and the data behind it, you can always link to the MMWR there as well. The other website is immunize.org. And this is the Immunization Actions Coalition's website. It is very informative as well and has many handouts, various um, vaccine materials, newsletters, as well as there's an ask, ask the expert section 
on a variety of topics such as administration, billing, and even clinical content. So these two websites are probably the most utilized by our providers um, and for recommended for any healthcare provider to use regarding gathering and learning about immunizations. Thank you so much. Do you use any uh, applications for smartphones as well? So I think everyone now wants the information right at their fingertips and not everybody has um, is at their computer all day um, to look at these resources. So absolutely, there are some great apps that you can access on your phone now. CDC being um, one of them and they have their CDC vaccination um, called vaccine schedule available to download as an app. Again, that will help walk you through all of these schedules. All of the information that is pretty much found on their website can also be found in that. Another app provided by the CDC that I find extremely helpful is Pneumorex. This is an um, app that is, again, created by the CDC, but helps clarify those really complex patients who need pneumococcal protection. But again, it will walk you through both Prevnar 13 and Pneumovax, so which dose um, should be given, how many doses are remaining. Um, it's extremely helpful for those complex situations. Thank you both so much for joining us today. Um, if you haven't before, I encourage you all to check out ASHP's Pediatric Resources. You can find member exclusives, exclusive offerings in the Pediatric Resource Center, including disease-specific articles and guidelines, webinars, and leaks for education and training. Thanks again for tuning in for this session and joining us here every Thursday where we will be talking with ASHP member content matter experts on a variety of clinical topics. Be sure to subscribe to ASHP podcast through your favorite podcast provider. Thank you for listening to ASHP official, the voice of pharmacists advancing healthcare. Be sure to visit ashp.org forward slash podcast to discover more great episodes, access show notes, and download the episode transcript. If you loved the episode and want to hear more, be sure to subscribe, rate, or leave a review. Join us next time on ASHP Official.